1 Corinthians chapter 3. Thank you very much. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're on the end of days countdown. And I can't tell you what day it was that we did number six. This is number seven. Number six was way back. Uh, I, got, I got caught up in some stuff that I wanted to, that I didn't want to let go of. But in these end days, and we are in the end days. Do y'all believe we're in the end days? In the end days, he said perilous times will come. And it lists all sorts of things. And we're seeing it. One of the things is that people are thankless. And boy, if you walk out there, you know, it's, it's everywhere. So, but we don't care. We don't care. That's what they are. That's not who we are. In the end days, perilous times will come. But in the end days, the, the, the bold will rise up. And we do. So one thing that we all have come to, and this is important, is that we're confident in our salvation. If we don't have anything else, we've got the foundation. We're confident. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. He is my father. Jesus is my brother. He is my savior. He is my life. And so uh, we, we've been working, uh, working as far as uh, assimilating who we are in him. What does it mean? We've been in the, we've been in the epistles. What, who we are, what we have, what we can do. You can't know what you can do, what you can have until you know who you are. So we've been doing that. And so this, this little thing that we talked about, we'll be digging into that because I just got it yesterday that uh, that can't happen. That can't be. That's, that's a new, that's, that's going to that's gonna heal our bodies. I can tell you that's part of it. So we're, we're, we're to the place where we're satisfied. We don't want to be uh, lazy there, but we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We're not tossed about by every wave, every wind, every thing that comes along. We're, we're like, bring, bring it. Uh, I like what Joe Moore said in his book that in a meeting he said that he said, I dare the devil to come kill my family. And there was a audible gasp in the room. And, you know, and somebody came up after the service and he thought that one of his friends was pranking him because they do it all the time. They say, hey, would you go up there and do this and that for, for and they do it to each other. But it wasn't a prank. She was demon possessed. And he cast the devil out of her and all that. But uh, uh, we know who we are. So now it's time to go forward. Now that we know that, we don't just say, well, isn't that good to know? Well, we'll have a nice day. No, we're going to go do something with it. Uh, we're going to do something with it. Hallelujah. We're going we're gonna to do what we're called to do. And you know, as you know, the, the church age of grace is about over. We're at the end of it. We don't care. Uh, we're we're going to move from grace to grace, faith to faith. We're going to move from here to heaven. We're busy as we can be until then. Going to go seven years up there and come back. It doesn't matter. It's all good. For us, the Christian, it's all good. We're not afraid of anything. The world's not coming to an end, but the, but the dip, dispensation of grace is about to be over. I, I'm really surprised it's last this long. We know that the Lord will likely, likely come in the fall, whatever year he comes. So everybody can say, OK, let's get out our October calendar now that September's gone and we can we can plan something. But uh, uh, he's likely coming in September. 
what holiday is that? Rosh Hashanah? So, you know, you can study it out. It's all over the internet and everything. But in the age of grace, as you and I know, and, and well, we know, but we don't know the contrast of it. Everything's easy in the age of grace. You go, well, no, life's hard. Well, not if you get in the age of grace. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment. The only judgment is the seed time and harvest that you enter into. If you sow something bad, it's coming back. It's going to smack you. So there's a judgment in that, but there's no judgment coming from God. He's not mad at anybody. We're just, we're just laying down a little track here. He's not mad at anybody. Not mad at anybody. He's not mad. Matter of fact, the word says it's the goodness of God that leads men to change. So he's, he's really good. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take advantage of still being on the earth a little longer. We're going we're gonna to take on an Acts posture, the book of Acts, where nothing is too hard. 3,000 saved in one day. Ah, we got that. Translated, we got that. So put that on. Put that on. Because if you don't, if we don't put it on, we won't ever put it on. We're fixing to be out of here. And you're going to look back and say, man, I wish I'd have been bolder. That's what 100-year-old people, when they surveyed them many years ago, they said, what, what would you change? And they all said, they all said, we wish we had taken more risks. And so that's, that's what's in your life. It's like, I wish I'd have stepped out and not been a fraidy dog. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then it says, put on the armor of God. But, but the key is, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So we're going to do more as we grow this year, as we grow and mature. What that means is, is we'll be relying on him more. It doesn't mean, well, I know more verses now and I know more revelations. No, we're relying on him and his lordship is more keen. His lordship is more astute in our life. Jesus is Lord. The more you make him Lord, the better life is. So that's what we're going to do. We've been talking about in six sessions, six short sessions, about the time frame, the countdown of from now until uh, the return of the Lord. And that's include the rapture. And so the rapture is going to happen right before the marriage supper of the Lamb. Food is always, if food's that important to God, it looks like it should be important to us down here. I'm, I'm just making a case here. Surely, surely we can't be mad at food if the Lord's serving it. Hallelujah. So we're going to go to, uh, we're going to be raptured. We're going immediately to the uh, Bama seat, the reward seat of Christ. We'll talk about that. Then we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You've got to have all that stuff out of the way. And uh, uh, it's good. So we'll be seven years up there while they're doing business down here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I should go there. Verse 6, 3, 6. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. He's talking about the kingdom here, isn't he? Talking about different modes or different ways that you can serve in the kingdom. Planting and watering. 
Isn't that what we're all doing? Planting and watering. So neither then is he that planteth anything, anything. Oh, you special apostle, you, you, you prophet of, of this and you bishop of that. Well, you know, you planted, I watered, or I, I planted and you watered. That's really all that matters. These gifts, while precious, they just help us do business. They just help us do business. So neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So he's saying there, well, let's go on. Then we'll go around there. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Got to have one and got to have the other. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Say that last word, please. Labor. Let's say it better. Labor. Let me read it again. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. So in this little thing here, it, it talks about labor. Uh, let's look in verse 12. Now, if any man build upon his, this foundation, the foundation of the Lord Jesus... Paul laid down a foundation of the Lord Jesus. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. So there's six ways to build, isn't there? Every man's work shall be made manifest. It shall be revealed. So what we did or what we do will be revealed for the day shall declare it because it has it shall be revealed by fire. How are we going to see it? Not by video. It's going to be revealed by fire. It's going to be real. There's no way out. There's no sneaking around. It's like everything's going to go through the fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What sort it is. If any man's work abide with which he hath there built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Let's say that. A reward. Let's say it better. A reward. Now, you may think, foolishly, rewards don't count. But the reward of your salvation is heaven. And so we do care, and we should care, and God cares. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Burned up is what it means. He shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So... Your cousin Nathan didn't ever do anything. He got saved when he was little, and then he ran off, and he didn't do anything for God. Nothing. He cussed God. He drank against God. He, did, he lived his life against God. The Bible says he'll have no reward, but he shall be saved as if by fire. Let me read that to you in the Amplified. The fire will test and critically appraise the character and worth of the work each person has done. Are y'all here? Yes, the fire will test and critically appraise the character and worth of the work each person has done. Verse 15, if any person's work is burned up, he will suffer the loss of it all, losing his reward. Though he himself will be saved. And so the church, the church is, is like, you can't be saved because 
You, you, you don't have good works. You don't have any works. You have bad works. And so you can't be saved. But there's there's a criteria there. You can be saved, but you can have no reward. And that's how he says it. And that's how it is. The passion says the fire will test and prove the workmanship of each builder. The fire. If his work stands the test of fire, he will be rewarded. If his work is consumed by the fire, he will suffer great loss. Now here it is. Yet he himself will barely escape destruction like one being rescued out of a burning house. So it's good to help the little old lady across the street <laughs> or whatever. It's good to put a dime in the offering. I mean, or whatever. So here we are by faith. We're, we're, to, we're, we're to be reward oriented. Now that we're born again, we're not striving for that. You can't get saved by good works. You can't get saved by good works. You can't be saved by any works. But once you are saved by grace through faith and not that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Once you are saved, then you pile up rewards. There's a silver and a gold and a jewel that comes into your life. It's attributed to your account. But there's also wood, hay and stubble. Things that you did. That you shouldn't have done, <laughs> but you got away with it or not. Nobody knows. Nobody what you did knew what you did it for, what your real reason was that for. But it's stacked up. He's a good record keeper. Aren't you glad? Because this isn't about punishment. This is about rewards. This is the Bama seat, the reward seat of Christ. This isn't about, well, now let's look at the other list. Like Santa Claus, you know, look at your naughty list and see who's got the longest side of the list. It's not that at all. It's not that at all. If what we didn't do right, what we didn't do for God got burned up. Just got burned up. Well, send him to the pit. Cut off his fingers. Pull his toenails out. No, none of that. It's what you did good was rewarded. And what you didn't do good just burned up. And if you got born again on your deathbed, praise God, you'll be there. But you'll be as if by fire, a house burning down type of fire. So our job on the earth is to adorn ourselves, each one of us, to adorn ourselves with faithfulness. Just be faithful. It's rewarded. A faithful man will abound with blessing. So it's not like you got to go out and, and, uh, and, uh, and do great things that everybody sees. Sometimes you just show up. You just show up. You just show up. Well, who, who notices? Nobody. Oh, yeah, we do. We notice. We all notice when someone's not. But it's not it's none of our business. Like Deborah Ann says, none ya. None ya of your business. So, yeah. So no matter what you do, you've got to obey God in it. And that's the key. You want a reward. It's not hard to get a reward. It's not hard to get gold, silver and, and precious stones. But you've got to have a character. You've got to have a purity. You've got to have a right heart. You've got to have the right reason. Because even if you do what somebody else did with the right reason, for the wrong reason, you're disqualified. You stack up a bale of hay and whoof. <laughs> they're over there shiny and they're gold and they're silver and you're over there with a whoof. 
And it, it, so it does, it's not what you do. It's the motive. It's the faith that's behind it. You can start you can you can uh, stomp around and and pretend to prophesy and pretend to be important and tend to be spiritual or, you know, however many scriptures, you know, and everything. It matters none. It's not what you do. It's the motive behind it. It's the faith behind it. And none of us can know that. I mean, we, we can get a we can, we can catch on. We can catch on. We talk about this all the time. You and I are so perceptive. We can see some when someone rolls their eyes or just grimaces a little like. We see that and we know the whole story. We know everything that they just thought of the paragraph of it. So surely the Lord knows about us. Surely he does know about us. So whatever you do, all that you do, the Bible says, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Obey God. Uh, like they say, put your foot in it. You know, when you're cooking, you put your foot in it. Uh, there's a Bible word. Uh, it's called wholehearted. Be wholehearted. So do what you do wholehearted and you'll get a greater reward than just doing it under compulsion. Like, I don't want to go to church. And then you show up at church and 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 it's like, well, I got a good good reward. Maybe not. Maybe not so much. So we're wholehearted in our assignment. I'm wholehearted in my assignment. I plant or I water. Everything's that. It doesn't matter if you're the janitor. It doesn't matter if you're a salesperson. It doesn't matter if you're a president of, and CEO. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. You know the story about the 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 man that's the president of the he's he's up in the in the tower of the skyscraper and he goes home. He's he's got employees 500 around that just listen for his bark. And he goes home and said, hey, you didn't empty the trash last night. Get out get the trash out to the curb. It's his wife. She's nobody from nowhere, but she's in charge. And that's the way it is with us. We just we got to. And we can. I think we're, I want to go to chapter 15 here. Uh, yeah, chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15. Let's just look. We're, we're moving right along here. Verse 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. So we're talking about rewards here. Be ye steadfast. Be steadfast. Once you commit to something, stay with it. The Lord changes it then change. But if it's just up to the last word he gave you, stay with it. Stay steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So he's talking about that reward, isn't he? It's not in vain. It's like nobody notices what I do down their church. Nobody knows that I went out and went knocking doors. Nobody knows that I gave... Uh, a very sacrificial gift last Sunday. Nobody knows that I, that was my last 20. I, I, you know, nobody does, but he does. And boy, he knows. And if you just put it in there with a, yeah, buddy, like the little widow with the two mites, you can get it. The message translation says, uh, with all this going on, going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground. Michael, stand your ground. Stand your ground. 
Don't be fickle. Don't be inconsistent. Don't be moving around. With all this going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourself into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. That's powerful. That's the message translation of verse 48. That, that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. So we don't have to see anybody. Matter of fact, it could be that if you move your work so somebody will see you, that it might be a whoosh. Whoof. Whereas if you just said, I'm going to wait until they're come and gone, they won't even know I'm there. It could be that that would be more, more uh, honorable. The key here, and this is what I want to talk about, is the millennial reign is coming. This thing on earth is, is nothing ending. This is nothing ending. It's like, well, we're going to heaven. It's all over. I had so many things I wanted to do. Well, yeah, he's in us. The greater one's in us. He's filled us with heaven. He's filled us with the kingdom. He's filled us with his plans. And you think he's going to cut that off and say, I got y'all. Y'all got it all expecting and now I cut you off. No, this stuff all goes forward. We are going to take a break for seven years. I don't know if there's time in heaven in the sense of seven years. I know it's going to be that way on earth, but it could be since there's no time in heaven. It could be a blink. People lament when their loved ones go on and say, oh, it, it's been 20 years. Well, since there's no time there, you, as soon as you go to heaven, you'll bump right into them. And it'll be like they just got there. It'll be the same thing. So we're saving our hobbies and our great our great encumbrances and our great distractions. We're we're saving our I want to take a few years off and do this from the kingdom. Or I want to put my money in this and and see what I can do. I don't I don't I'm not good at making examples, but but, you know, the point is save it for the millennium. Because now is the reward time. You don't get rewards in the millennium. You get rewards now. So invest in the kingdom. Be one that plants, be one that waters. Boy, that shouted me down. I like to never got the podium back. I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was raucous. Hallelujah. So we're putting off, we're not putting off pleasure, but our pleasure comes from serving God. The pursuit of pleasure. Just look at Solomon, see how that turned out. Uh, we, we can't pursue money and we can't pursue pleasure. But when we obey God, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things that the Gentiles seek, and they're after all that stuff, shall be added unto you. So we're focused. We're uh, we're hearted. We're 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 in. We're 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 in. We're 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 in. I don't know what the word is, but we're we're in. And stuff that would distract anyone else, our age or our uh, 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 bracket or our, you know, there's people that retire at 45. And what do they do? Well, they find them a monastery and go up there and pray for 20 years. No, they don't. But we don't care. We're going we're gonna to run our race and finish our course. We're going to complete our assignment. And it's a wonderful thing. The promises of the Lord are wonderful. 
So think about this. We're going to have the rapture of the church. A billion people are going to be absent without leave. One morning, one afternoon, one night. And around the world, if it all happens simultaneously, all those things will be there. Some people will be midnight, some people will be noon. Think about all the children that are alive unto God with unsaved parents. Their kids are gone. And there they are, like, what happened to my kids? Well, they're alive unto God to the age of accountability. So they're gone. Boom. And mom and daddy are going through the tribulation. Is that right? That's absolutely right. So uh, there's going to be a lot of chaos when we're gone. So the world's already preparing for us to be gone. They don't know, but the, but the Antichrist does. The devil knows that we're going to be gone. He's, he's figured, he's, he's got a long plan. He's, he still thinks he can beat the Lord Jesus, but he knows these things are going to happen and he plans for them. So he's, he's got body snatchers and he's got uh, all sorts of uh, aliens that come in to the earth and snatch up things. And so they've got an excuse for everything that, that, that the devil knows is going to happen. They've already parlayed that into something that's reasonable and palatable. I mean, what else can they do except just look around? There's no answers. But think about all the people that are going to be messed up from airline pilots and taxi drivers and just you and I driving our car, uh, them driving their car when we're taken out. The blink of an eye. The blink of an eye. A lot of chaos. But it'll all straighten out because the world has been chaos. We've just been the stabilizer in this chaos. The church has kept it like it is. But it, without us, it will, go, it will go into the ditch. And it'll go there, it'll stay there. The devil won't have a hard time. The Antichrist won't have a hard time because these are his people already. We were the problem for him and we were in the way. But you know, and we'll just establish this, that the church will not and cannot be here during the tribulation. We are the reason that, that we are he that withholdeth. The devil can't come while we're here. Holy Ghost is in us. And he can't do anything while we're here. So until we're taken out of the way, he is, all he can do is get the fringe of the, of the tribulation. He can start to, to, to uh, overlap the, the dispensations from grace unto the seven years that, that God owes the Jews. He'll start getting in there. We're getting a one, year, a one, one world government, excuse me. One money, you go, well, I never heard of that. Sure you have. It's everywhere. It's all over and it's, it's, you go, what's that all about? That's, that's it encroaching. That's what the president's doing, the, the party in power's doing, if I can say that on TV, hallelujah. There, you know, I, and I'm not blaming one or the other. I'm just saying that's what politicians are doing. They're succumbing to this system because it seems to work. The truth is the church has not dominated America like we were positioned and called to do. And I told you all, we are the reason. The church is the reason why the Jews were persecuted in Nazi Germany. But we are the reason that they're not getting any help in Israel right now with Hamas. It's, God knows about it. God's lining it all up. But we could have stopped it. But the church is fragmented. The church is divided. The church doesn't know come on from Sikkim. They don't know. 
cast out the devil. What's that? You know, they don't know. So, so the church has been impotent. We've been emasculated. We've been without power. And we don't know. We, we, they'll stand around somebody that's being brutalized in a, in a street corner and just watch them just beat the snot out of them and take pictures instead of rush it, running to the rescue. Uh, one thing I like about heaven, and I want to say that while I got a chance here, is everything in heaven is fair. Everything in heaven is fair. You won't have your brother-in-law accusing you of all sorts of stuff in heaven. He, he Shut his mouth. It'll be fair. If he's there, he'll say, oh, my word, I was wrong. I, it'll be fair in heaven. It's not fair now. Nothing is fair right now. That's why you have to dominate everything in life with your faith. Because nothing is fair and nothing can be fair. Nothing will be fair the system is unfair. And so you go, well, why me? And why, why are they picking on me? It's not fair down here. It's not. So you use your faith to live above it. We live above it. We live above the curse of sickness. We live above the curse of poverty, lack, shortage, and need. We live above strife. We live above strife. We, we won't have strife in River Church. You won't have strife in your house. You shut it down. We're not doing that, baby. We're not doing that. Because where there's strife, there's confusion in every evil work. So we, we just don't have it. So it's not fair down here. The political system is unfair. It's stacked. But we don't care because we're not living in that political system. We're living in the kingdom. And the only time we get in trouble is when we start complaining about things without praying about things. If you, haven't, if you haven't released your faith into an issue, you don't have a right in the kingdom to change or to, to complain about anything. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Hallelujah. Israel's going to make a covenant with the Antichrist after we're gone. They... they we're the only thing that's fair in the earth. We're the only thing that cares about Israel. Whatever they're saying now, they won't give anything to care about Israel. And so it'll go. Uh, there'll be a tremendous breakdown in the earth after we're gone of government. But it's going to be pretty good for three and a half years. But God's, God's mad. I mean, I don't know what the word wrath means, but it sounds like mad. And he said that he, he's not going to pour his wrath out on us, his children, just like he didn't pour it out on Noah or Lot. He's not going to pour his wrath out on us. We're not the problem. We don't need straightening out. We're born again. We already said, I don't, I've never seen Jesus, but I receive him. We don't have to see him to receive him. I mean, we don't to believe him, to take him. And so we're not the problem. So there is no wrath being poured out on us. We will be taken out of the way. Oh, hallelujah. We are going to have so much fun in heaven. Hallelujah. Uh, so the love of God has compelled us and kept us. But God's got a plan. 
Y'all know about the 144,000? Every cult on the planet knows about them. And they're all them. They're all of the 144,000. Oh my, oh my. Well, golly, the Bible says, the Bible says, you know, they got it out of the Bible. There's 12,000 from every tribe and 144,000. They're Jewish evangelists. The Lord Jesus has been appearing to rabbis and, and teachers and, and Jewish people, and they're getting saved. I mean, he's appearing to them. And uh, they're getting saved, and they're all saying, come and see what happened to me. He's come. And so there'll be 144,000 Jewish evangelists that are going to hit the streets as soon as we're gone. Joe Morris talks extensively about his Jewish friends. Why? You know, he knows them. They're friends. He says, why won't you receive Jesus? Well, he hadn't come yet. We're waiting on him to come. And when he comes, see, they're waiting on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But he didn't come that way. He snuck in the manger door. And so they weren't expecting that. Uh, and then there's, we're just going to hit the highlights here. There are going to be two men raised up. Probably, who, who do y'all hear that they're going to be? Like Elijah and Moses, the law and the prophets. What, whoever it is, we don't know. But they're going to have great power and they're going to prophesy. And they're going to prophesy day and night. And they're going to be, they're going to be a thorn in the Antichrist side. And he's, but he's got to put up with it because there's still a lot of people that are wondering what's happened. And so after 42 months, they're killed. They're killed. They're murdered. They, they get it done. But doggone if the Lord doesn't raise them up. <laughs> and suddenly revival breaks out. When they talk about, now this is my personal belief, I believe the great revival that's coming, and I do believe it's coming. I believe it's in the tribulation. I, I don't believe it's now. I believe we're at the door and but in the tribulation, people are going to have a different attitude. The Antichrist is going to be there and the mark of the beast is going to be presented and they're going to have a different attitude about Jesus. The wrath of God, he, he's, he's not mad at his people, but he's pretty ticked that the world has mocked him and his son for 2,000 years without recourse. Because he told us we couldn't slap them down. We, we could have taken care of a few of them, but he said, don't do it. So, so they've just been unfettered and mocking you. The Hamas says we're going to get the Saturday people first and then we're going after the Sunday people, the Christians. So there's the, I got to go, but there's the tribulation and then there's what the Bible calls the great tribulation. And the great tribulation is at the halfway part. The three and a half years. Things start unfolding. You might not think that it's such a bad deal in the first half of the tribulation. Um, he's getting his plan together. The Antichrist is and he's showing it and they're all going, this is amazing how he worked this all out. And Israel's going to fall for it. They have no revelation whatsoever. They're very secular. But in Matthew 24, 15, it says, when you see the abomination of desolation in the holy place. That's the great tribulation. And that's what's going to happen at halfway or so. Now, I, I will remind you all, I am not an expert on end times. But at River Church, we needed to have an overlay. Is that what you call it? An overlay? 
overview of, of what, what's going on. Because people are going to ask you as times get closer. They're going to ask you. So the Antichrist is going to enter the temple that's been rebuilt. And he's going to declare, I am God. And they're, what can they do? They're going to say, it's our Messiah. He's come. And he'll fool them all. And then there will be great judgment and great suffering poured out. The second half of the tribulation. So we got to get our kids born again. We got to get our family born again. We got to get our neighbors born again. We talked about it last month or two that we would say, I would lay my life down for you, daddy. But then we might not want to ask him if he's born again for fear of insulting him. Uh, I had two uncles and, and they, they were... They were of the M persuasion, and they were not born again. They went to church. Their wives went to church all the time. I, I never talked to them, and I know my family never talked to them, but there they are. They're gone. Wowie. So let's just recap, and then we'll go. The first, the first coming, Jesus surprised everybody because... The Jews were looking for a king. They were looking for a political entity to come in and smack the Romans for treating them so bad. And like I said, he came in the major door and, and, uh, and, and, and he was hated by Herod and chased after by the Jews. And, and they, didn't, they didn't like him. And he turned 30 years old and they turned against him uh, all the ways they can. Uh, but in the second coming, it's quite a bit different. And this is what's cool. It's not like the Lord grew up and he finally decided he's going to take the fight to the streets. This is all how he planned it. In the second, it says in Philippians 2.10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He's coming with stuff. He's coming with stuff. And he's coming... Full strength. Revelation, I don't, we're not talking about Revelation, but I will tell you that this in Revelation 19. It says, the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. I, I don't even know if I can ride a horse, but I'll be, I'll be pulling on some reins that day, I can tell you. Uh, we're we're going to be right behind him. He's, he's coming back and we're going to be right in his track. Because we'll, we'll all be in heaven for that seven years. And he's coming back. And he's bringing us with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate that. Uh, Matthew 24, 27 says about his second coming. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so also shall the sun, coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be drama time. Uh, the New Living in that same chapter says, immediately after the anguish of those days, I'm going to read this and we'll finish. The sun will be darkened. The moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then at last, the sign, of that, the son of, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens. Aren't you glad you're on his side? 
I'm telling you. And there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. Uh Uh-oh. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Come on, y'all. We've believed him all these years without ever seeing him. Never heard him whisper in our ear in the sense of an audible voice. Never seen him face to face, but yet believed. And he's bringing us back. Uh, And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet. And they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. The passion couldn't resist. Well, I could have, but I didn't. The passion says, then immediately this is what will take place. The sun will be darkened and the moon give no light. The stars will fall from the sky and all the cosmic powers will be shaken. Then the sign announcing the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn over him. And they will see the Son of Man appearing in the clouds of heaven revealed with mighty power. Great splendor and great glory. And will send his messengers with the loud blast of the trumpet and with a great voice. They will gather his beloved chosen ones by the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. I say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we're not afraid. We're not we're not fearful about the second coming. We're not uh, we're not regretful that all the rapture's coming and I didn't get finished. Most of the people that I talk to that are born again or they think they are, they're hoping they are. Uh, they, they don't want the rapture because they're not sure they are. But then secondly, it's like, well, I got so much to do. I talk to my family. It's like, well, I got so much to do. Well, so will it always be. If you live to be 123, you'll have so much to do. And so will you. So it's that word that we got two years ago. It's more powerful now. Do what only you can do. So that you can do all that he's called you to do. So we're pairing back. Me and Deborah Ann, are, we're looking at everything. We're looking at everything. It's not that, well, that's a bad thing. Get rid of that evil thing. No, it's all good. Everything in our lives and our home and our stuff is good. So it's not like we're getting rid of bad stuff. But we're looking at everything and saying, can that go? So we can fit something better in. Something for the kingdom. Something for time. Something for meditation. Every one of you, let me just tell you, every one of you needs to spend time quiet, listening. We did that tonight for almost two minutes, praying in tongues. And if you disengage your mind, in tongues you can and disengage your mind. Could I have a better amen? We don't pray with our head. So while you're, while you're praying out in the spirit, your mind is receiving insight, revelation. Things that you know that you didn't know. Snippets here and little nuggets there, but things. And that's how it comes. So you go, well, I'm too busy to stop and listen to God. Whoa. We would, we would laugh at somebody that said that, but then would we do that? Don't do that. Stop. The Sabbath is not a legal thing. We're not under the law, but the Sabbath is very, very in our lives. You need time. The Sabbath is not like Sunday. I read somebody the other day said, I don't even get off. The Sabbath is bogus because I don't get off on Sunday. I'm a preacher. Well, (laughs) stupid as a stick. Yeah. 
you just have to take your Sabbath another way another day. And no one, it's like your tithe. No one's going to be walking over you and looking down and see, did you, did you count that other thing that you got? So Sabbath, you got to draw aside. You got to shut it down. You can't be, you can't be watching TV on, on, and have your Sabbath. You, you got to draw aside so that he can speak. He's always speaking, but what we're doing is getting where we can hear it. And he'll speak marvelous things, especially in the day of transition. We are in a day of compressed time. Things are happening fast. What did we say? Grab hold. Don't let go. Things are accelerating. Well, that's, that's him speaking to us, River Church. Things are accelerating. Well, yeah. So you could just throw that off and say, well, yeah, whatever. A wise man, a wise woman will say, I got to slow my life down. Dr. Cho... He was the pastor of the largest church that's ever been. He used to say, I have so much to do tomorrow, I must get up at 3 o'clock and pray six hours to get it done. He didn't say, I got to cut that. He said, I got to add to it. And that's the way it is. And you know that. So we're, we're on course for this new year. We're, 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 we're turning our sails into the wind. Not happy just to get there eventually but to get there right now. This translation thing that we talked about of moving from one place to the other, it's not just a physical thing. You can be somewhere else and still be where you are. David Hogan, he checked into a hotel in Guatemala and they said, glad to have you back, Mr. Hogan. He said, I've never been here. Well, sure you were. Reached back and showed him the flyer of the crusade. That was the year before. Said, yeah, you stayed with us, room 3B. David had no idea. No, David Hogan. There you go, Curry Blake did it too. Well, how about you and me? All it takes is just a, a focus, just a willing to lay it down, what's normal in every day. That's how these people do it. They just lay down their everyday busy life. And you don't have to lay down all of it, but lay down some of it and lay it down in a methodical way. Have a time where you go, I'm going to spend 10 minutes and I'm going to lock myself into the closet. If they need their coat, they're going to drag me out. And you just go in there in 10 minutes. 10 minutes, you can do it. We're not into meditation, that, that yoga thing. We're not doing that. That's, not, that's, that's demonic. That's, that's evil. Yoga is not who we are. So don't do that. But we are meditating. We're opening our heart up to the Holy Ghost to say, I'm quiet now. You can speak and I'll hear you. So we're in the end days. So we may talk if I can. We'll pull it together. We'll talk about the millennial reign. I like the millennial reign. I like to know what's happening in the millennium because that's where your rewards are played out. You get these rewards. Well, what do we do with them? Ah, for a thousand years, you'll be you'll be the governor of this and the president of that and the and the senator of this. You go, well, there's all these people that will be ahead of me. No, no family. I'm telling you, you got it. You got it. It's not like, well, we, we don't come from a big place. All these people that we follow, none of them came from a big place. They came from Podunk Holler. 
So, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for everyone in tonight. Everyone here got something from you. We got something. We see it now that we didn't see it. So your word has been dispersed and, and received. And now we're going to build on it. We're going to plant and we're going to water. And we're going to do it wholeheartedly. And we're not, we're not reward oriented, but on the other hand, we know how to stay in line. And so we will. We give you thanks for River Church. This is our best day ever in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we're receiving our...